like yesterday, we used to rock the show. I laced the track, you locked the flow. So far from hanging on the block for dope. Notorious, they got to know that life ain't always what it seemed to be. Words can't express what you mean to me. Even though you're gone, we still a team. Through your family, I'll fulfill your dreams. In the future, can't wait to see if you open up the gates for me. Reminisce sometime, the night they took my friend. Try to black it out, but it plays again. When it's real, feeling's hard to conceal. Can't imagine all the pain I feel. Give anything to hear half a breath. I know you're still living your life after death. Going back to Bob Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday, and that would be the last Top of the Charts Tuesday on Ball Don't Lie because it's the last Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. As a matter of fact, it's the last day of The Horn on 104.9. Not a last. It's the last hour. Of the horn on 104.9. Hold up, so I get to do the last... We can do the last hour, buddy. last sign-off on 104.9 ever. We're signing off, buddy, at 7 wow, o'clock. Wow, yeah. that's historic. Never done something like this. Should we have a special, do a special sign-off? I don't know. Do I need to do something special? I don't think we need to do anything that special, because we're still going to be here for the horn. I know, but the 104.9 is gone forever. It is. It's gone forever, so we're going to officially sign off on 104.9. So now you can just say the horn. You don't have to say 104.9. And don't, yeah, just say the horn. You know, I didn't say anything before well, because of the, with the horn now, which kind of transcends just being on one signal or something like that. You'll always be able to get the horn. You just got to stream the horn, uh, and that'll be the best way to do it. So make sure you get the app uh, for those who want to keep up with the other guys. I would recommend Twitter. Someone asked, what's the best way to keep up with all the other uh, personalities who are moving on? Uh, Twitter's the best way to do it. All those guys are on Twitter. You mean X? Oh, my. <laughs> well done. Yeah. You're right. I forgot all about it. It's X now. It's X. Uh, what yeah. about, but, the, but it's a tweet. So do I still call it a tweet? I have no, I have no idea. I, I, all I know is that my, foreign, my phone looks like I have porn on the main screen now. It does. That, that, yeah, that X is like, it's weird. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's right there, too. It's just staring you dead in the face, the X on there. I think the, the, the blue with the little bird as you know, kind of the logo, to me, that was, I don't know, it was calming. Yeah. It's like soothing to a certain extent. This X is aggressive. It's abrasive. In your face, it's, X. It's like, it seems like it's it's built from Gotham City. It is. And do you, you have threads on your phone, too? It is also black and white yeah. and looking weird and strange and aggressive. It's like, listen, I know I know that Zuckerberg and Mo, I know that Elon and Zuckerberg. They're both in the MMA. They have like a beef going on. Just a billionaire beef. I get it. But don't use us, all right? That's like collateral <laughs> damage in y'all's billionaire beef. Just leave Twitter alone. Just leave it alone. It was fine. I don't understand this X thing. I really don't get it. I know I'm an old man now. Cause I know. It is. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm very old, but I also think I'm right. So <laughs> I think you're right, too. It, but there was, my, my point is this. This is why I disagree with it. I'm not going on a real rant about this, but semi-rant. Elon, because you live in this town, there's a chance maybe this could get to you. What happened to all of the credibility, street cred, and market credibility that was built up with Twitter? People literally had turned it into a verb. Yeah. Like you get to, you know what I mean? Like I, I, like people were talking about Twitter. Like everybody knew what a tweet was. Even my mom knew what a tweet was. Yeah. She knows what Twitter is. I, I can't explain to her what X is. Like you had basically, you had penetrated pop culture. You had penetrated, yes. right, the lexicon. And now you decided to flip it. So you just threw out all that credibility that you built up. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I, I have all that no. brand recognition just gone for yeah. no reason. Like what? Why? 
this is my thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like he doesn't like that it was before it was something done before he uh, acquired it. So it's almost like his ego wants to totally reinvent it and turn it into something else so that he will be responsible for it. He doesn't like that Twitter existed before him and people said it was better before he acquired it. It just it just reminds me of the 90s. That's all it does to of when everything just had to put in like an X into everything. Come on, man. To be extreme. Mm. And even if you got the, the the pimple pads, it was Stridex. That's at the end. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we're trying to be cool. <laughs> like everything had to be that. That's what this reminds me of. It's a mundane thing where people go on and they're just like, oh, it's nice to see. You. Oh, oh, we made the Verlander trade. That's great. And then and it's like, now it's extreme. <laughs> like that monster truck voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Dude, that was on the most scary accurate. Do you are you the guy doing the monster truck the commercial? I, I, I probably have done a monster truck commercial in my say, days, but bro, that would have hurt my throat to do what you just did there. We'll do it again one more time. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> that was really that was really good. Grave oh, digger. That was awesome. <laughs> that, remember all the names. That was great. Hold up. You also, oh man, what's the impression you did that was so good? And you stopped. You never did it after. With the Macho Man, Macho it was Macho Man. It's all the same. Why don't you like? It's the same. Hey, look, I'll tell you, Macho McConaughey may show up on the sports complex. Oh yes. There, this may be. This may be something that may happen. Macho McConaughey needs to basically be what the Irish guy was for Chad. Yeah, he, he may show up. Get, just make him an, a, a, a bit once a week. He <laughs> he talks Texas football. He talks about stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, Macho McConaughey. And you can, yeah, that's read them, read them, read Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is good. Yeah, your throat's going to feel like hell, so you might record that oh, beforehand. See, this, is, some tea. this is why you just abuse your voice for 20 years. <laughs> that is true. Ask Craig Way about it. Yeah, Craig Way's been doing that, too. Craig Way, has got a, he's got like a secret tea and stuff that he uses, though. He does a lot. Of, yeah. He takes care of his stuff. Uh, anyway, there you go. My man Patrick, he's multi-talented. I love that Macho McConaughey may show up for the sports complex from 5 to 7. Starting August 7th on a Monday. Also, uh, Aaron Hogan and myself are going to be doing a show 6 to 11 starting on Monday. And that'll be uh, on 1019 and 1260. Both of the shows will be. But, of course, they'll be streamed on all of the uh, the Horn platforms, hornfm.com, the Horn app, and also wherever you stream the Horn. Still going to be around. Just a brand new chapter uh, in the Horn coming up. Okay, let's get back to this Pac-12 media deal. So the Apple deal is um, basically primary streaming deal is what they're saying. Here's what Pete Thamel's saying. saying the money, although initially may be below where the Big 12 is expected to start, there's potential through subscriptions and incentive incentivized bonuses for them to catch up. So I guess if it's, you know, they get a lot of subscriptions, they get a lot of impressions, uh, say they're getting a lot of streaming views, then maybe even, you know, based on... I don't know if that's if they can do that team to team. I think they share all the revenue. So either way, if they get some really uh, highly streamed games, they can get more money. So right now they're below the Big 12, but based on incentives, they could get up to the Big 12, which is at 32 million or something like that. So listen, I don't know. Klyovkov, either way, if they do, say, say these teams decide to stick with the Pac-12, they want to stick it out, and they actually want to believe in – you know, and what's what this deal presents, right? Say they actually won, they sign on. They got to they got to move on from Klyovkov. Klyovkov, this dude, he, he essentially has pulled a. I mean, he's pulled a Bosby. 
I mean, you're basically yeah. watching him pull a Bosby before our very eyes here. And I talked about this, how, you know, Bob Bosby, his last Big 12 media days, he essentially said that the incentive, the motivation for realignment was gone and that realignment did not keep him up nights. Eleven days later, I BS you not, it was announced Texas and Oklahoma were leaving the Big 12. Not even two weeks after he said, realignment didn't keep me up at night. The motivation's gone. Nobody wants to motivate anymore. Nobody wants to leave and realign anymore. He basically said the cable network, he said all the money was running out. Basically, that was his premise that, no, things are going more to streaming now. So the, the television product is not worth as much. Actually, it's worth way more than it used to be, Bosby. The new entertainment ecosystem, because these broadcast networks, they can't predict what the, what the new viewers are going to be in this new entertainment ecosystem. There are two places they know where the viewers are going to be. Actually, a couple, maybe three. One is news. They know people watch the news. They watch it live and they watch it all the time at the same time. They watch their news, right? And whether you're on this side of the aisle, that side of the aisle, you go watch your news. Also, disaster porn. We love disaster porn. Whether how sick and demented it is, whether it's a natural disaster or it's a mass shooting, we'll watch it. I know that sounds crazy, but that's also something we watch. Now, trouble is they don't want to put commercials in on that. So you know what they do? Have y'all noticed it? What do they do during disaster porn? The tickers. Disaster porn is brought to you by... Yep. <laughs> this coverage brought to you by. So that's what they've done. And sports. Because they know you will sit down and watch a game live. You'll watch a sport live. It's appointment viewing. It is a social engagement. You and a bunch of other people going to sit down and stream it. And y'all may actually go on social media and talk about it at the same time you're streaming it. People do that with debates and presidential debates and news. That's the kind of thing. So they want that type of engagement and no other Form of entertainment gives you that type of engagement these days. Nothing. Everything else is streamed at your own convenience. And you're trying to avoid the commercials. So that's why, yeah, Bosby was wrong. He misread the market. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> right? So he said that and he was wrong. And then Texas Oklahoma said, yeah, this guy, we cannot have this Michael Scott of conference commissioners be our be the guy that's the star guiding us through this uncharted uh, territory in the uncharted waters of the modern college football and college sports landscape. He wasn't the guy. And then Klyovkov at the last Pac-12 media days, he said himself that the longer they wait to get the media deal done, the better the deal's going to be. He said that. He said that. He said that to human beings who actually can <laughs> can think for themselves. He said, the longer you wait, the better the deal is going to get. And that doesn't make any sense to anybody. Nothing. Makes no sense at all. And he also said about realignment that he thinks realignment, this, this, this term of realignment is done. He said, we're done. We're done with realignment for now. We're done. Days later, Colorado decided to leave the Pac-12. This is deja vu. We're reliving Bob Bowlesby's bad history. It's like they always say the best predictor of human behavior is past human behavior. Just go look at it. He's doing exactly what Bowlesby did. They need to get rid of this guy ASAP. He's got a golden parachute. He's going to land on his feet. He'll be fine. He's coming from, I think, the, I don't know, the, the entertainment world because he was like an executive at MGM or something like that. He can go right back to that world. But this is not... This is not going to be something he puts on his resume because he ain't bragging about this. This is a claim to shame for Klyovkov because he did not act 
And when he did act, it was way too late. And he did not act in the best interest of the Pac-12, in my opinion. Think about it, guys. He had, he had since July he had since July 5th to get this deal done. He had a long time. To, July 5th, this, that's a year plus to get this deal done. And he let the Big 12 skip the line. So the Big 12 decided to get their deal done before uh, Klyovkov and the Pac-12. That was his number one mistake. And then let's not forget also Klyovkov, and we know this now from the reports, man, he had a chance at one time to poach the Big 12 when the Big 12 was at its weakest. When Texas and Oklahoma left, he should have been aggressive and he should have acted swiftly. And he should have went there and got Tech and got Oklahoma State and some of the other schools in the Big 12. He didn't. He said at the time that they did not need to expand and that they were not going to poach teams from the Big 12. So there was no need to. Well, looks like that was a dang coaching mistake now in retrospect <laughs> to say that, nah, we don't need to poach from the Big 12 and we're not expanding. And by the way, same mistake Bowlesby made. Remember? Bowlesby said the same thing. He's like, nah, we don't need to expand. We're fine. We're fine with the teams we have now. No, you're not. What, I don't know what landscape you're looking at. You're not. You're regressing. You're retracting. Everybody else is expanding. One of these Power Five conferences is not like the other. And the irony of the whole thing is there were multiple opportunities for the Pac-12. I just brought up one for the Pac-12 to dissolve the Big 12. When Texas and Oklahoma left, they could have done it then. Klyovkov chose not to. And remember, Larry Scott, at one point, Larry Scott said this because after, this was right around 2011. This is right when, you know, you get your Colorado leaving and then you get A&M ready to leave too. So this is right around that time. In fact, it's the day after conference expansion happened and uh, the Pac-12 took a pass on Oklahoma and Texas. And Larry Scott said this, this is a quote. We could have expanded, but the deal didn't make any sense at the end of the day for us. There is a very high bar it's hard to imagine very many scenarios for our conference to expand because the bar is so high. He's essentially saying they're not good enough for us. He's essentially saying Tech and Oklahoma State, yeah, we could have taken same. They're not good enough for us. We wanted Oklahoma and Texas, and that's it. And think about it. At the time, it makes sense because the Pac-12 has the richest TV deal in all of college sports when Colorado leaves to go to the Pac-12. Mm. Times, they do change. <laughs> so that was one time they said no thanks to essentially dissolving the Big 12 or at least poaching from the Big 12. And then there's the other time, remember, Bob Bowlesby, give him credit. He, had, he didn't have a lot of vision, but he had enough vision to try to join conferences, two weak conferences, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and we all know it was inevitable that one of them would end up being dissolved. Well, Bob Bowlesby's idea was to merge instead of one of them having to face the axe, essentially. He wanted them to share a media rights package and establish a scheduling alliance. Oh, that ugly word, alliance. Remember that? Oh, Klyovkov once again. Also another dang coaching mistake by Klyovkov. Trusting uh, the commissioner, Kevin Warren, from the Big Ten. Trusting the, uh, the brotherhood of the alliance. Remember, it was, an un, it, was a, a un, it was a spoken agreement, and it was a gentleman's agreement. And... Yeah, Kevin Warren went behind his back and poached his two 
blue bloods. Oh, his one blue blood. The USC, but also UCLA. So post the California market from him. And remember, once again. And UCLA is a basketball blue blood. That's true. You're right. So I'm wrong about that. It is blue blood. Great point. You're right. But also to go to the Bob Bowlesby, him pulling the Bowlesby, he's reliving, like I said, the same mistakes Bowlesby did too because it happened to Bowlesby. And Bowlesby was on the, he was on the college football playoff committee with Sankey. They were on it together. They were hanging out in Dallas, meeting up like a few times a month to kick it. Whilst behind his back, Sankey is poaching his two blue blood college football programs. They were hanging out together. And the same thing with, with uh, you know, the same thing with Klyovkov. He was in the alliance with Kevin Warren. Uh, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Come on now. There's some Game of Thrones secession stuff going on here now. So Bob Bowlesby's idea was to merge the two conferences. Let's merge, man. That way we can both, you know, get some stability, some security, and then we'll end up being a mega conference, one of the first mega conferences. Um, well, that idea was rebuffed by Klyovkov. He thought, we're better than that. 25 months later, oh, what did Michael Scott say? Oh, how the tables have turned. Oh, how the turntables have turned. Oh, how the turntables have turned. That's how I feel like with Klyovkov. And it reminds me of one of the great, hmm, it's a great story, but I guess for one side of it, it's a sad story. But one of the great stories in American business is Netflix and what Netflix has become um, where, from where they started as a a service that would mail DVDs <laughs> to your house. I'm old enough to remember that service. And now they're one of the number one streaming platforms in the world. Remember at the time, Blockbuster is king. Just like in 2011, the Pac-12 has the richest TV deal in all of college sports. Everybody wants some of that. And then, yeah, the complacement sets in, bad decisions, bad leadership. In 2000, do you know Blockbuster, which was king of the video entertainment industry at the time, they had no competitors. They had no peers at the time. In 2000, they had a chance to buy Netflix for $50 million. They could afford it. They scoffed at it. They thought, no, man, we don't need Netflix. Why would we acquire? We don't need it. <laughs> it's never go. Really, the, the entertainment, the video, the home entertainment industry will never be <laughs> right as cutting edge as Blockbuster Video is. That's basically what they were thinking. Like, this, this business model we got, we are pioneering a new age of home entertainment, and nobody can touch us. We'll basically be monopolizing this industry for the next 25, 30 years. Just sit back, guys, and get ready to make your money. And, what, a few years later? that About a few years. I say two decades later now, we're talking about Blockbuster, Blockbuster's last actual store. I think it was in Alaska or Oregon or something like that. And they did a documentary on the last Blockbuster video. And now Netflix is worth, what, $200 billion? That's Pac-12. You're Blockbuster. The Pac-12 network is Blockbuster. You had numerous opportunities to dissolve your competition. You had numerous opportunities to even merge with your competition. And you decided against because of hubris and arrogance. And now, as Michael Scott said, how the turntables have turned. Look at you now. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good news for the Big 12. It's great news <laughs> for the Big 12. 
And and it makes Brett Yarbrough look like the best commissioner in in college sports right now because he did all this in a year. Yeah, a year he did all this. He saved he saved the Big Twelve and may have helped kill the big and killed the Pac twelve. Yeah, at least for being a power five. Put it yeah yeah exactly. He he stripped their power five status from him, and that's I don't know how it's amazing. So good for him. I'm sure Pac twelve. It is Highlander that one. Yarmark came in and said there can be only one. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, Klyovkov, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, he got bested uh, by Brett Yarmark and the Big 12, uh, and that may be the beginning of the end of their Power 5 status. Let's just say that. Okay, uh, let's get back to this Justin Verlander trade. So coming back next segment, we'll talk Verlander. We'll talk Major League Baseball trade deadline. We'll also get into uh, the Astros, of course, um, acquiring Verlander, what that means for them in that division with the Rangers, who they are – I think still a half a game behind, but they got a chance to catch the Rangers. We'll discuss that. Also, Rangers fans who listen to the Rangers uh, on our airways 105.3. On uh, 101.9, where they've been, where they will continue to be uh, as the horn switches. We'll still continue to carry Rangers games. It'll be off tonight Tonight, as everything switches and we get our signal straight. Uh, They will not be on airways tonight, but they will be back on there starting Wednesday. Okay. Um, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into a uh, little baseball discussion. Also, if we got some time, we'll throw in some more Sark sound in there as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, uh, top of the charts Tuesday right here on Ball Don't Lie. And this story, before we get to the Justin Verlander trade and the trade deadline that has passed in Major League Baseball, this story dropped probably an hour ago. Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers has been charged by local prosecutors with tampering with records related to the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations Inquiry into improper gambling at Iowa State. According to the Des Moines Register, according to the complaint filed in court, Deckers bet on a 2021 football game against Oklahoma State when he was the backup quarterback for the Cyclones. Along with that bet, Deckers allegedly placed 25 other bets on Iowa State sporting events. Deckers' DraftKings uh, account alleged completed upwards of 350 sports wagers to total more than $2,799, which is not very much. But uh, the Iowa State quarterback in 2022, uh, if uh, obviously he's going to permanently lose his eligibility under NCAA guidelines. Like, you're done, son. Crazy. Yeah. He, he was the only quarterback to start every game for his team in Big 12 play last season. Like every other team had to have a backup quarterback play because of productivity, performance, or because of injury. He was the only one to make it through the entire season. They ain't going to say unscathed, but at least he started every game. And I thought they gave them an advantage. I'm like, I would say that's a huge advantage for a quarterback to be coming back who started every game. And by the way, against Texas, he was dealing. Hell, 
if Hunt, if Xavier Hutchinson not drop a touchdown pass with nobody around him, tell me the guy that's with the Texans right now doing really well in camp, who was the best receiver in the Big 12 last season. So the best receiver in the Big 12 dropped a touchdown pass with no Longhorn within five to ten yards of him. If he catches that ball, Texas loses that game. I believe. Yeah. And so, against Texas, he was really, really good. And I thought he had a chance to come back this year and for Iowa State to make some noise. I mean, he threw for 3, 000, over 3,000 yards last year, 19 touchdowns, and he was honorable mention in the Big 12. Wow. So that's really bad luck for Iowa State. I don't know if it's bad luck. Bad decisions. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> and bad luck it, for the rest of the teammates. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to 2021 at least because they said he bet on He a, wasn't a starter then. So. He wasn't a starter, but he's been doing this. This wasn't a new thing that started. He, no, he been for a minute. Been was, for a minute, but yeah. I just, the, the number, they say $2,799. That amount of money to throw it away for, I, that's what I just don't. I, I don't know bad, if you man. think there's going to be leniency because it's less. I mean, he ha- did he not, can he, is he playing, claiming ignorance that he didn't know? No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm I mean, not, I'm that would, not, I'm, I mean, that has to be it. You right? have to say, "Hey, man, I, I didn't realize it. That I, I was just doing this with a friend, and it wasn't any like I wasn't trying to make a bunch of money, or it wasn't he, anything." Obviously, wasn't but I mean, I don't get money. how you, even if you're a backup, betting on a game you're in is you have to know that you can't do that. Like, because <laughs> what if you're in the game and then you're like, "Oh no, no, I bet this," oh, and then the quarterback gets hurt, and I'm like, Agreed. and you go, "Man, wouldn't that be a scandal if someone found out I bet on my own game?" Like, that, it I seems so. like it'd be a pretty big scandal that a game yeah. where I could have controlled it and I was trying to That's cover a, a spread. Huge scandal. So, I, like, that level to me, when you're just not that, is where I can't say anymore, oh, I get it. You were betting on, you know, you were just, you went to a women's basketball game to support and you put down a you bet on them. A, a friendly, because, friendly wager? A friendly wager because you thought, hey, man, you know what? I'm going with my friends. This will be a fun way for me to support the, I'll support the team, but I'll have a little bit more fun watching it. I get it. I and I get where too. you can say, hey, man, I didn't realize that that was going to be as big of a problem as it is. But you should still know it, and every school should be telling their their kids, every hey, school. you can't be gambling. You just can't be doing it right now. Period. I know it's way easier to do, but you can't be doing it. But to bet on a game that you are technically in. Even as a, a backup is still – yeah, I mean, honestly, they just shouldn't be because betting when, at but all. You're a backup. You could get into that game. You could easily get into that game. Yeah. And if you're a backup <laughs> – I mean, there's plenty of quarterback backups who hold kicks and punts or I'm kicks and field goals. And, hey, man, is, uh, hey, uh, you know what? I need to cover this spread because it doesn't say he bet on him to win. He could have bet on him to win. He could have bet on him to lose. lose. But if you hold a kick, if you if you get on the field at all in that game and you bet on it, you have to know that yeah. there's something shady about it. Oh, yeah, because you could determine the outcome of the game. You have a yeah, you, you have that type of an impact on the game. So you have to know. I, I wonder to what extent are the the coaches and the administration educating these young people about the rules of betting when they are on campus? I don't know if they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they're just not doing enough. We talked about this in the NFL because some of these players are claiming they didn't know the, 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 in the NFL's gambling rules. Yeah. And if that's the case, that's a failure on the agent's part. Failure on the coach's part because their player personnel people should be able to handle this. So agents teams, uh, coaches, and the players. There's got to be you know, some responsibility they take as well that they have to be educated about these rules. And I'm with you. I, even if you haven't read the NCAA rule book, which I'm sure he hasn't, 
you got to know about the gambling rules, man. Everybody knows that. Yeah, because the thing Everybody for me is that. I go, I get, it, like, I'll give a lot of leniency to these guys that say they may not know the rules when they're betting on a sport that they're not playing in. That is true, exactly. Because you go, I get that that one is a silly rule when when BetMGM and, and FanDuel and all these other places are advertising during your games. Yep. I get that it can be a bit shady in a gray area, but if you're betting on your sport that you are participating in, it, you have to know. You have to think, hey, man, uh, didn't people die for this in Vegas a lot? <laughs> like, didn't they used to kill people for this? Like, yeah, they used to murder people for this. <laughs> they so, did. So yeah. there's probably rules against it because they wanted to stop murdering. Like, wow. the government wanted people to stop being murdered, so they made rules so that people didn't do this, right? Yeah, I, obviously they're, they're unfamiliar with the the shady underworld and kind of the taboo nature now, of gambling now because it's now it's so it's so widespread yeah. and ma- mainstream now do you think that guys like hunter deckers who's sitting in the room and then the documentary comes out and he's like oh man what this guy do and they're like oh he bet on games and he's like what huh? what oh yeah why were the nfl guys so i get to speak like what? What? It's like yeah, you, can't, you can't bet on games even the college level you can't bet on me like, everyone knows that so he's like <laughs> hey, i mean not everyone it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> what? What do you say? Uh, it's a great. I don't. I wonder what he, what his rationale is, because just in nil deals alone, he's a starting quarterback of a Power Five university. Yes, it's Iowa State, but hell, in Ames, Iowa, I imagine Iowa State's a pretty big deal. He's probably making fifty, sixty thousand easy, and just nil deals per year. I mean, we That's, saw we saw the starting quarterback for Kansas could afford a chain playing his own highlights. Thank you. Exactly. So I figure Iowa State, considering he's been there, like you figure he's got some money, much more than two thousand nine hundred seventy-seven dollars. Yeah. Or seven thousand two hundred thousand seven hundred ninety-nine. Yeah. That's still. Yeah. We wish it was, it was that much. Uh, under under three thousand dollars. Under three thousand dollars. That is that is a super small amount to lose your scholarship over. That doesn't pay for a class. By the like. You're not. <laughs> you're, no, you're right. I mean that that scholarship with the NIL world, that scholarship is your money maker because you can stay in school now for like six years yeah. and just keep banking NIL money after NIL opportunity. Oh man, that hurts. I'm hurt for the young man because I know this is. It was just a stupid, dumb mistake by him, and you can tell based on the numbers, the figures that Patrick just dropped there about the money that he was making. He's not doing it to really make any kind of money. He wasn't doing it with that It wasn't frequency. a scheme with, with a bunch frequency. of people. Yeah, and... He was just friendly wagering. He's just like, no, I'm dropping yeah. a bet here. Which makes me think he did it so casually that, you know what I mean, that because he wasn't trying to make money. Yeah. He was just doing it like a friendly wager so casually. Maybe he maybe was ignorant and didn't realize that it was against the rules. It's weird. Yeah. All right. Let's get to somebody who knows the rules. Justin Verlander knows the rules, um, and he won the game, uh, the game of free agency, because he ended up being a free agent, uh, got top dollar on the free agency market, and still ended up back with the Astros. <laughs> so uh, give it up for Verlander for uh, working uh, working the system really well. He has now been uh, traded to the Astros uh, in exchange. The Mets are going to receive the outfielder Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford. There are those that believe that was a hefty price to pay, but there's also the, the cash considerations of what also is Yeah, which is roughly sent. around $54 million dollars. Uh, paying for Justin Verlander's salary. He has two years left on it, a year and a half left on the current contract with a player option for the third. Okay. If he were to opt in the player option, the Astros would be liable for basically $29 million of that contract, which is not much for two and a half years. 
Yeah, and he is 40 years old right now. So, I mean, there's a good chance he starts at least think, contemplating retirement, thinking yes. about it at 42, 43. Yeah, and it's for the Astros on what their ranking of their farm system was. It was their number one and number four prospect. Both are outfielders. Their second and third prospect are both outfielders as well. Mm-hmm. So there, I, there could be something of, hey, we didn't want to give up starting pitching. We didn't want to give up, you know, infielders. We didn't want to because we're lighter on that in our farm system. But with Jordan Alvarez, we're planning to pay Kyle Tucker a bunch of money this season too. Yep. Then we have two outfielders already that we're eating up a lot of salary. There may not be room for, you know, four outfielders coming up. So we got to trade him at some point. This is a guy we feel can help us get to a World Series again. They're trying to win now. I like. It. I love it. As an Astros fan, can't be upset about it, even if they gave up too much, in your opinion, and you thought, you know, maybe they should have tried to ne- negotiate to keep those prospects or at least keep one of those prospects. I get it. But if they can win the World Series, even get to a World Series, you'd have to say that it's worth the risk because the AL is wide open. Yeah, and I mean, and the money wide for open. me, again, we said because when that trade went down, the first thing I was worried about was, okay, how are we paying Kyle Tucker? You just mm-hmm. added $86 million plus the rest of the salary this year on your books. That's how you pay him. <laughs> how are you paying Kyle Tucker? Yeah. And point. so that was my main concern. But with the money coming, that's why you give up your top prospects so that you can then try and go out and re-sign Kyle Tucker as well, who, again, we'll say, if Shohei Otani was not in the American League, he would be one of the candidates for mm-hmm. American League MVP this year. That's how well he is playing. So definitely somebody you want to keep, something that should be in your future plans. I'll tell you this, uh, Chandler Rome, who's a beat reporter for the Astros. Yeah, he does a good job. Uh, tweeted, tweeted this out earlier that Mar- uh, Martin Maldonado had been in touch with Justin Verlander for the last few days as trade negotiations progressed. Oh. Maldonado said it got more realistic at 930 today. He found out the trade was happening when Verlander sent him a text this afternoon. Okay. The text said, let's effing go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. All right. So see, if that doesn't get you a little I'm bit more hyped, pumped yeah, up about it, I, that I, Justin Verlander is like, you know, last one was, hey, you know what? I'll agree to do it at the, the deadline, and the, we'll send the paperwork. And yeah. The fax is coming in right before the bell strikes five, and they have to do it. This one, he's texting, let's effing go. He's pumped up. He's ready yeah. to roll. Yeah. I mean, he's he got good memories here in H-Town, or there in H-Town, I should say. So He, he got his first playoff win. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he got, he's, he's ready to go. He is ready to go. I'm, I mean, I guess, and I, I think you're right if – if it ends up being a good run for the Astros, meaning they get to a World Series, hell, if they win one, it doesn't matter the cost. It's always worth it to win one. Um, but getting there, it's, I think it's well worth it for the Astros. Uh, they're just trying to find a way. And this is something you brought up earlier um, that, you know, he's older, so he does bring that veteran presence. There's a calming presence to him because he's yes. almost like the coach player thing. You brought that up, Patrick. And that would be good for Fran Valdez right now because he is struggling. Last seven, sorry, last five starts, he's got a 7.0 ERA. And, you know, Fran has got the stuff. He's, you know, he's very talented, but he's a pitcher, and pitchers get in their own head. They have a tendency to get in their own head, and they go sometimes on, you know, these, these uh, streaks. Where you know they there's there's confidence is waning or you know they really can't they got to solve some problems and figure out some things and Justin Verlander can be one of those guys that can help you out with that so that could be a big added added bonus of bringing on a veteran like yeah Brent Strom who was a really good pitching coach for the Astros for several years left a year ago mm-hmm. uh, to go on to try his hand at a new at a new oh, team Arizona was yes it? It was Arizona right and there. so when he did that we talked about the beginning of the year. You saw some struggles from the pitching, and Verlander seemed to step up a little bit, and you heard some comments from players that Verlander was helping him out. So he was a kind of calming force when Brent Strom left. Mm 
So if you can say, okay, we need that calming force again. Hunter Brown's pitching okay, but we want him to take that next step. We're going to be getting Urquidy back. We need to get him and how he rehabs and gets back and how many pitches. We need Fromber Valdez to become that guy again. Christian Javier was on his progression Mm -hmm. and is going up. We can build a really good progression. We're just not quite there of mentality and ready to go. Let's bring back a guy who was a vital piece of a World Series run, a guy they all have a relationship with, they all respect a whole lot. And maybe we can help that build up what this team can become. Uh, I I think you hit the nail on the head. That's not obviously a big reason why they did it, but I guarantee you that is something that everybody around there is looking forward to, him taking on that leadership role, especially this time of year when – Ooh, it's about to get uh, real. It's about to get serious. It's about to get real in that division because now it looks like the Rangers and the Astros are going to be neck and neck. And you got to right after the trade deadline, they'll end up tied in that division potentially uh, when the Rangers have been winning that division most of the season. And now we'll get to see those additions, those acquisitions that both teams made right before the trade deadline. Essentially, both these teams kind of starting from the same place. Uh, we'll see if the Rangers and the Astros. Rangers, get both of them get a Mets pitcher. Both of yeah. Oh, that's good. Hey, think about that too. Good point. Those guys were playing together yeah. and now they're bitter rivals. Uh that, that, this the rivalry between the Rangers and Astros, I'll admit, this is one of the best years for the rivalry. How, how long has it been since the rivalry's been this good? It's never been this good. It's because never been we weren't good. division opponents. We were AL and NL. Yeah. And then whenever we moved over at Nobody, that point, they, the Astros weren't good. good at the same time. And then once yeah. the Astros were good, it was when the Rangers were down. So this is the first time they've both been good as division <sighs> opponents. It's fantastic. It really is. Um, no, Pastor's right. That, that's why it does. It feels different. And they're, they're putting the right amount of pressure and the right type of pressure on one another. Because there's a lot right now. You can tell the Rangers making moves and the Astros got to pay attention. Like, what's going on over there? What yeah, okay. the Rangers also acquired Austin Hedges from the Pirates, uh, much more of a catcher's catcher. Okay. A guy who is not there for the batting, he is there for, for being a pitcher's guy. So someone that, you know, maybe come in and maybe he'll be a Scherzer guy where they go, hey, you work with one guy and you yeah. have your guy. You got your chemistry. Give us a little dude. bit of step and we can put our catcher at uh, at point. DH. That may be what it is, but they brought in somebody else as well. It, it's going to be crazy. It's, the Astros are half game back right now. <sighs> half game. Right at the trade deadline. It is going to be a fun end of the season. It really is, man. Baseball, I, honestly, this is they got some great storylines in baseball this year. This is really one of the best years for the uh, the second half of baseball. You've got a lot of different storylines, and you don't really know how things are going to pan out, um, especially in the American League where you got a lot of teams that could end up winning it. So uh, we'll get to some uh, – well, we won't – actually in the near future. Uh, We'll talk to you more about the near future of the horn when we come back, get ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven and make history. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. Papa Top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. Sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. And before we do that, we'll let you know uh, what's on tap. 
If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. And of course, this is the last ball, don't lie, and also the last horn broadcast on 104.9. So, um, a little emotional. It's okay. End of a chapter, but we're going to start a new chapter. Everybody is, even the guys who aren't with us uh, anymore, are really good friends um, and people who are really good at their jobs. They're going to start a new chapter in their lives and it's going to be fantastic. You know, usually um, when you go through change like this, it is so tough for a lot of people because people don't like change, but oftentimes that change can challenge you in ways that you didn't anticipate and can, can terraform you into being the person you always hope to be, no matter what it is. So it's okay. Everybody's going to land on their feet. I do want to take this time just real quick in case you haven't heard what's actually going down. My man Patrick, he's he's sticking on, and he is actually going to get himself an afternoon show on with the new format, 5 to 7, the Sports Complex. It's going to be fantastic. And Aaron Hogan and myself will also uh, work together to do a morning show, 6 to 11 a.m. Of course, not on 104.9, but it will be on The Horn, and you can catch The Horn on 101.9 a.m. 1260. And, yes, I know, Signal has some issues. And, you know, those static and AM signal and 1019, not as strong in the city, but stronger up north. I get all that. Just download the app or you can stream on hornfm.com or you can stream wherever you stream now. If you stream the horn, you're good. You can continue to stream the horn just like you do. If you listen on terrestrial radio, some things have to change. So go to 1019 or AM 1260. And if that doesn't work for you, trust me, try the streaming. It'll change your life. Patrick, what you got for the people? Hey, you know what? Thank you to everybody uh, for the kind words for the last couple of days announcing the new show, The Sports Complex. Appreciate all those kind <laughs> words. Uh, we'll still be there. We're going to be very fan interactive. We're hoping to get a lot of things. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube as well. At The Horn Austin uh, is another way you can uh, keep up with us. Uh, if you miss shows and everything, we're podcasting up there as well. Uh, I do want to thank you, Rod. Uh, last year and a half been awesome uh, with Ball Don't Lie. I uh, wouldn't be able to be ready to go up and do a show by myself if it had not been for you uh, and Harge and everybody here uh, helping me out. You so, gonna kill it, Doug. So I, it. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, to you and Aaron in the morning with what, Ty. It is going to be a very fun show. It'll be fun. No, nobody. We don't know what it's called yet. Uh, Aaron Hogan suggested Ian Rod B, which, like I said, it. I, I, I don't mind Ian Rod B, but we got to add a little spice to it. So I'm thinking I'm pushing a name with Ian Rod B because Ian Rod B is way too vanilla, and I like a little seasoning. I don't like anything <laughs> too vanilla. You got to put a little seasoning in it. That's a little too plain, Jamie. We got to go with a little seasoning, a little Lowry's on that thing. So we'll, I, I'm actually going, to, and I, I think we started this with RBKD and Triple Option. I think we should let the fans choose the name. It's their show. The show belongs to the people. You should let the people choose the name. And by the way, you guys have done a great job picking out names for the shows I've been on lately. You helped choose Ball Don't Lie. I helped choose the Triple Option and helped choose RBKD. So last three shows I've been on, the audience has helped pick the name and they've killed it. And I want to say, actually, the Triple Option and RBKD were directly from the audience. Ball Don't Lie was more of us choosing different elements from names and choosing Ball Don't Lie. Yeah, it was a suggestion, but it was, yeah, it was yeah. we, we went with it and ran with it. Yeah. Uh, it fitted our show. Exactly. But uh, Triple Option, RBKD, when nobody came up with it, and then I believe it was uh, my man Dwight, the, uh, Dwight Rabbit, 
<laughs> um, he came up with it, and it was a great name. So you guys, keep your creative juices flowing. Come up with a name for the morning show for E and Rod B. And no, we can't go Rod B and E because that's conjuring up too many hurtful memories about Bucky no longer being on these airways. But you're going to hear from Bucky. Matter of fact, I believe he's already made announcements about what he's doing, too. Yeah. So. And for someone who asked, uh, <laughs> Twitter, which is now X, we know. Uh, I would say follow as, as everyone you can on there. The Horn, if you just go to the Horns page, uh, the Horns Twitter, then they have posted multiple times with everybody's handles on there. Nice. So it's an easy way for you to click through and, just and find Craig and find Chad and find Zay and find Cameron and all everyone who, Jeff Howe, everyone who has worked really hard uh, to make the horn so awesome over the last uh, however many years that the horn has been running, uh, it's you know the flagship for the Longhorns and and mm-hmm. uh, being the best place in Austin for local sports coverage. Uh, I mean, I, I you know as much as this is hard for everybody right now, the one thing I can tell you is I know I've worked in enough companies in this town that not everybody cares very much about local no. at a management level. And this place, when I came here, what I really really loved about it is they are the most locally driven place. Uh, in Austin, if, of they really, they care so much that they have sacrificed a lot of money personally to make this a local station. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I you know the way that it market is, it wasn't possible to keep it going. We have to restart and rebuild so that we can get back to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but me and Rod, I can tell you, I know Aaron Hogan too. We love y'all. We want to do this for Austin. We want to be a local team. We want to support the Longhorns. We want to do all those things. And so this management will continue to push for everything to be as local as it can be. And when the time comes, hopefully we'll be more and more local again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we appreciate that you guys are going to stick with us uh, for everyone who does coming forward starting August 7th. Yeah, I mean, one thing people in – I listen to sports talk all over the country. People want sports talk that is community that's invested in its community and that is based in its community because you want to hear your sports radio people talk about stuff that's happening in your town with your team that all of you are experiencing and you can't get that with national sports radio so even though everybody wants to go national because it's easier it is way tougher to go local like we did here and go a local lineup all day it's really tough takes a lot of sacrifice and commitment Um, but I think ultimately that's what people want it's just really tough to make it happen I do think the bigger the market gets got three sports stations now the more and more that will become a reality in major markets this is not a discussion they got three four sports radio stations and they do live a lot a lot of their stuff is live and local um but this market deserves it because it's a great market people love sports in this market so i'm rooting for all the sports radio stations around town because i want all of my friends to have jobs and if they get done with me here then i'll go over there and get a job i've said this before i love the market more than i do the profession i do yeah, because I had a chance to go to Houston and Dallas, but I don't think I'd be—I don't think I'd be happy doing sports radio town because I can't talk Longhorns. They don't want to hear about Longhorns. <laughs> they don't want to talk Texans in Dallas, right? And in, and in Houston, they don't want to talk about the Cowboys. I want to talk about the Cowboys. I want to talk about the Texans. I want to talk about the Longhorns, and I can do that in Austin. Well, y'all care about it all. I love it. All right, thank you, Patrick. I can't wait for you, the sports complex, brother. It was great. I love you, and it was a pleasure working with you, man. It was one of the great pleasures of my career so far. No, I no appreciate BS. it, brother. Uh, thank all you guys. I love you. That is the truth. We love you. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. Or will we? <laughs> we love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace. Peace.